Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see It's time to express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. The greatest gift you can give someone is your time. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Asia Gonzalez, and today the theme for our show is about the gift of time. And I'm Brigitte Gia. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. We want to announce that Be The Star You Are will be participating in two great events coming up soon in September, a 10 out of 10 at Vineyard Vine on September 17th and the Pear Festival on September 24th. Thank you so much to our sponsors. We've got MB Jesse Painting at MB Jesse dot com spelled j-e-s-s-e-e we got star style productions at star style productions.com la marinda weekly newspaper at la marinda weekly.com brooks Olbreeze at blueoceanbob.com and these are some of our sponsors thank you guys so much and to be a sponsor please volunteer or get more information about our events uh go to be the star you are.org and click on events and so for this segment today i'll just be relating my segment art attack with the with time and find a correlation between the two. And so basically starting off on a basic level, timing is everything in art. You've got to have your perfect subject matter, your perfect perspective, perfect shadows, and you all need these within a certain uh, time of day or a certain time in general. And so especially if you're going out to paint, for example, a landscape or something outside, then you definitely have to be there or have to be outside at a certain time to be able to get the perspective and the shadows that you want. And so this is really on a basic level, just a correlation between art and time um, on a very rudimentary scale. And so especially like painting figures during certain times of day, as I said, and then just really working in the basics of your painting or your sculpture or anything you're working with. You, if you want to capture something at a certain time, then timing is definitely very important and you do have to work fast unless that time escapes you. And so another great example of this is if you're painting something at dusk or dawn, and as we all know, those two periods are pretty short, and so you really have to get in all your work during a certain period of time, or you just have to keep coming back at that same time of day over and over again. And speaking of coming back to things, paintings and works of art can actually give perspective to a lot of, like, time like over time changes for example you've got paintings or photographs of the new york city skyline and this really shows like if you take two pictures um 10 years apart for example you really see the difference between the new york city of 10 years ago and the new york city of today and so this is how paintings can kind of show you how time really elapses how time really just passes really fast and what the differences are between two periods of time and i think that's really cool and so we definitely have um, a more orthodox art from like ages past, like from previous centuries, where the concept of art was basically to get down a likeness of yourself and pass it down through time. But then you have movements in maybe starting around like the 18th, 19th century, such as Impressionism, which seek to capture fleeting moments in time and send them down down the line, you know, to future generations. And so this really shows like a disparity in how time is portrayed through art, where Impressionism seeks to capture like small bits of time and just send it through instead of capturing a certain person and sending it through time. And so I think that's pretty neat where art can definitely capture time in all its elements and then also make things last through times through a depiction of something. And for example, if you've got an apple and you want to paint this apple, but the apple itself is going to rot after maybe like 
a few weeks, but you've got this painting of that apple, then you can go back to how that apple looked, what that apple was like, and even when the apple is gone. So that is definitely a powerful concept of time that art really manages to capture. And so the bottom line here is time can definitely be expressed through art. And so you have these two correlations where time is a mandatory factor or a necessary factor in art, in creating art, and then art can express the changing of time or can capture time itself and send it down through time. A lot of words being thrown around here, but that's about the gist of it. And so, again, returning to a basic level, art actually takes time as well, where you've got painting, sculpting, photography, and art mm -hmm. is kind of a, you know, yeah, a labor of patience, and it can't be yeah. hurried. And, you know, when you're when you're doing an oil painting, for example, you can't, I mean, you can try to blow oh dry it. <laughs> it take forever. <laughs> yeah, or, like, will the paint to dry, or, like, will the details mm -hmm. to come into place. You know, it's yeah. got to, yeah, it's got to take a lot of time. And so, again, that's how time really affects art, and how, you know, our, our interpretation of art, you know, artist depiction of things, and it's really just really interlocked together. And so art can actually also be used to cap motion or like uh, capture motion or like the sense of a loss of time, the sense of no time <laughs> in essence. Mm -hmm. And you can do this through like symbolism and then painting style. And for example, there's like motion sketches where you can just draw. Um, I think I read in a book once or I looked in a book once where they taught you how to draw a motorcyclist speeding down, you know, a highway. I thought that was really cool because it does show time, but not the, you know, the remaining of time, the fixation of time. It shows time going by through a drawing, which not, not a lot of other things can do. Like, I mean, in movies, you can have time jumps or in books, you can have 10 years later, the little paragraph telling you that it's in the future. But, you know, art really depicts that movement of time, that going away of time. And there's also definitely like other ways of depicting time through art. For example, you can do abstract, for example, the Salvador Dali clocks, where he uses those melting clocks to symbolize the losing of time and how the lost generation in the 1920s kind of lost their sense of time and lost their sense of purpose in a specific amount of time. And so linking onto that, time is definitely a common theme in art. Again, clocks and historic scenes and hourglasses have always been used as imagery because humans are fascinated by time and its passing, and humans have always used art as a first, a first and foremost way of expressing things. And so, when you link those things together, since art has been, you know, has gone back to the beginning of time, and humans have been fascinated by time since its beginning, then those two have always been interlocked together. And I yeah. think that's just really amazing. And again, returning back to clocks in historic scenes, real quick. Um, I find it fascinating about historic scenes where people try to capture, you know, important moments in time. And so yeah. art really allows you to do that. And I think that's incredible. And so basically time has been recognized as a precious thing since the prehistoric era. And it's definitely been depicted as such through art, through symbolism, through all of these different things. And I think art is just a really great way of expressing the passing of time. Um, the like moments in time, like fleeting moments, all these different things, and time is a huge factor in art. And returning back to the modern era from the prehistoric era, mm -hmm. nowadays time is used as a theme for comics, for example, in like modern world. And we have, we have, you have those um, comics in the Sunday Times, for example, or the Sunday newspaper, where nowadays the common theme is parents versus child, like. Generation X or Baby Boomer versus Millennial, and you have this this lapse in time, and those comics take this concept of time and take it to like a new level, a more modern perspective, and I also think that's really cool that time itself has withstood time. <laughs> but there's this whole like, and I think that it's great that art is no longer just capturing likeness and passing it on, but art can be used to symbolize not just a face, not just a figure, not just a subject, but time itself and the passing of time. And I think that's really incredible. And I, I yeah. Agree. <laughs> what I love to see um, with, you know, time and art is when people do um, a picture of when they first started to draw or paint or whatever they were doing. And then let's say about six months to a year later, they post another picture of how they can draw or paint now. And it's so awesome to see how people can take that amount of time and improve so much. 
Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And like that's that's also like you know like art is a labor of patience. It, it takes mm-hmm. years to perfect, and you know you can't hurry your development. I mean, you could with more intensive like oh we're gonna practice for hours and hours on how to draw an egg, and now we're gonna draw the perfect egg. But again, that's still time. You know, that's still even if it doesn't take you years and years, you still need a lot of practice to be really proficient in your skill set and really develop a skill set in the first yeah. place. And yeah, so in that way too, you know, art and time are really correlated in that the process and the learning also takes time. And so time is a really big factor in how good your art is on what you're portraying and like how it makes you feel. And I feel like time also indirectly inspires art because if you're outside, for example, and you're trying to paint a landscape and then there's a specific time of day where you think it's really beautiful. Again, with like dusk and dawn, maybe you're out there at dusk and that's a really important time for you. And the time essentially inspires your artwork or inspires you to paint, you know, the landscape at dusk or dawn. And that in turn really influences the way you, again, perceive that landscape and the way you kind of broadcast your, um, your message out to people. And so I think there's definitely this huge connecting thing between time, art, and then, the the way art influences people in general Mm -hmm. yeah exactly i think that's pretty cool and just the way that we use it so often like how you were talking about how humans are just so fascinated with just Mm -hmm. the concept of time that there is just so much art that you can look at that has that theme of time and it's Mm -hmm. really interesting to see um how people will paint um i've seen a photo somewhere where they took a picture of an old farmhouse that was mm-hmm. just degraded um, from like weather and it was just an old building and then they painted it and it looked so beautiful in the paintings because they had all the colors they had all um, mm-hmm. just different brush strokes but it showed how um, much this farmhouse had withered over time but it still looked really beautiful Oh, yeah, definitely. And I also, yeah, building off of that, I think graffiti as well. I, I find that yeah. really cool. Yeah, where you see, like, graffiti, I don't know, it could be, like, 1954 written in, like, yeah. weird letters or, like, artistically. I'm like, whoa, that's been there for a or, lot of years. Yeah, know? or graffiti that is, like, representing some political um, view of that time. Yeah, yeah, that's always incredible. And then you see... Cool. Yeah, and you see how, like, the art has kept the message throughout time as well. So art really withstands time very, very well and kind of, like, you know, preserves all the ideas, preserves everything within, you know, centuries and centuries and centuries. And I... It's incredible where you have Da Vinci's Mona Lisa's is still here. Yeah, exactly. I was just about to say that. And I just... Wow, that's... Art is just a great time... Like, a great time preserver what's the word yeah. <laughs> or like the artist him or herself is long gone but then you have this lasting legacy but their that's art is timeless yeah exactly yeah it's, it's just so incredible. cool mm-hmm. yeah well thank you so much for this awesome conversation i love having our conversations about art it always mm-hmm. makes me so happy when we start that off on the show yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but unfortunately we are out of time but it was wonderful to share some tips um just how time really relates to art and just some cool info about that so during the break be sure to check out our charity site at btsya.org which stands for the be the star you are 501c3 literacy and positive media charity i'm asia gonzalez and I'm Brigitte Gia. Support our show and these amazing segments by donating to the Be The Star You Are charity that brings you this program. For more information on how to do this, go to bethestarur.org and follow our blog. Again, that website is bethestarur.org. Don't go anywhere as we continue our talk about the gift of time. The later it gets, you're listening to Voice America Kids. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. 
We didn't invent Kid Talk. We perfected it. And at a very young age, you're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to our uplifting and inspiring program. I'm Asia Gonzalez, and you're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network, brought to you by the Be The Star You Are charity. And I'm Brigitte Gio. So since today is the theme of the gift of time, Asia and I have got some tips for you about time management and how to do it properly. All right, so Asia, you want to start us off? Yeah, uh, so one thing that I've learned, and I guess this can kind of tie into the theme that we had last week, which was back to school, and um, I had kind of talked about um, planners. So a good thing that you can use for time management, and I've kind of been learning this slowly because I never really used a planner up until I started college because I had suddenly realized my freshman year how important it is to be organized. Uh, (laughs) But so using a planner actually is the most useful thing that you can do ever. I mean, you can use a planner, you can have a calendar that you hang up in your um, room, and you just mark whatever you need to get done, whether that be respond to an email, whether that be um, completing three different pieces of homework that you got to get done, um, or like you got a big project that's coming up and you need to kind of space out your work time on that kind of thing. So um, a planner is super, super useful with time management because you can take your homework assignments, which is what I've done. I did this yesterday where I looked at my syllabus that all my professors gave me and I saw uh, the list of homework assignments and reading assignments that I had to do for English. And then I found all the homework assignments and lab assignments that I had to do for my statistics class. And I wrote them all down and I downloaded an app. It's called the homework app and you can set Um, you've Mm -hmm. got your subjects that you can put in your phone. So I've got my English composition, intro to statistics, and my public speaking all put into my phone. And then you can put tasks. And let's say you had, um, I I have a quiz in my statistics class coming up um, Mm -hmm. next Monday. So I put that in my phone under my intro to statistics class. And my phone will remind me that I have a quiz coming up. Mm-hmm. So it's a super useful way to really keep track of what you need to do for school. And then let's say you've got some um, important dates, you know, you've got to meet somebody for lunch or you have a um, interview coming up, just anything important that you have. It's very, very useful to either put it in your planner, put it on your calendar or put it as a reminder in your phone because mm-hmm. it's a great way to keep track of what you need to do that way. <clears throat> you get your things done and you don't have to worry about doing everything all at once and making yeah. yourself <laughs> rush because that just goes crazy and yeah, it gets def- really messy really fast <laughs> mm-hmm. and like yeah yeah definitely planners are a great way to you know get everything organized especially if you're you know especially if you're like a high schooler and you're taking a lot of APs and then you've got like college apps going on uh-huh. and you've got all these SAT ACT everything that oh, it's yeah. really important to, yeah, just keep a written note of everything. And definitely a new fad that's been coming up, I don't know how long it's going to last, because but it's, like, really cool, is that um, there's a there's bullet journaling going on Oh, my now. gosh, yes. Yeah. And, like, you know, everybody, like, has started doing this, and it's really it's really cool. Um, I, actually, I actually tried it myself last year. It's pretty neat. Uh, personally, I'm a little, like messy I write a lot of my notes really fast so they don't look <laughs> neat and that's I feel like bullet journal is very aesthetic you know it has to have that kind of yeah. look but you know it's definitely a great way of jotting down everything where on a bullet journal you've got you know your index of calendars and checklists mm-hmm. and then you can flip from page to page and then you've got all your bullet points coded so you have like events as a clear circle or like 
assignments as, you know, a filled in circle. And I feel like that's a really great way, you know, just to keep track of everything. Uh, Another thing that I personally do is when I have my planner, I also have a notepad, just like, like maybe a small legal pad that I can tear pages out of just for like checklists, like individual checklists for things I need to, yeah, just to like get done that day. And then what I do, I actually have a mini stapler in my backpack. So I just staple it onto that page of my planner. So then I know like, hey, here are my homework assignments. This is what I need to do for like each class. And then I have other tasks that I should do. Like uh, maybe I need to print out a paper or like maybe I need to, again, yeah, with like interviews and like Mm -hmm. all this timing stuff. And so I just need to jot that down. And so then I just have a list in front of me and then I have my homework assignments behind it, which is, I feel like just a solid way of putting your assignments out in front of you instead of, you know, trying to remember off the back of your, um, like off the top of your head and trying to recall things. And it's just a great way to put everything out there. And definitely what you said about like phones is for sure. I, I love my phones, like reminder app. I'm like, gotta put everything down. Yeah. And what's really nice is if you have a, like a recurring event, like, Maybe you have, I don't like an activity every single Thursday at four or something. You can you can take the reminder app on your iPhone, which is like pre-installed, right? And then you can write down a reminder and you can actually schedule it to reoccur over and over again every single week at four o'clock. And even if you fill in that reminder and it goes away for like one second, it pops back up for the next week, which I find to be really useful because then you can have a recurring reminder without having an alarm that will just ring out loud wherever you are. That might not be so convenient. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, one big thing about time management that everybody hates is sacrificing certain activities to get Mm -hmm. other stuff done. Uh, that is the most um, unfortunate part of time management that nobody wants to do. Uh, Yeah, yeah. and I learned that a while ago when Mm -hmm. I had started my business and I was still in middle school. You know, as a middle schooler, you know, pretty much all you want to do is go to the mall. So, (laughs) (laughs) so I couldn't like, I couldn't drop whatever I was doing. Let's say um, a homework assignment, I'd be like, oh, I can just do this tomorrow. and I couldn't just do that and go to the mall. I had a, I had a business I had to run, and then I had some other things that I had to do. So as a middle schooler with a with a small business, it was definitely hard to learn time management quickly. And it was a little strange to see what it was like to be an, an, an adult, pretty much, at the age of 13. And uh, the one thing that I learned is that you may want to do something now, that seems fun and I'm sure it is fun but then you've got to think well what is the consequence that's going to come if I don't uh do what I need to do right now and what if I wait or um what's going to happen in the future if I choose to do what I'm supposed to do right now like what good will come out of it so it's it's pretty hard to to think of that at the moment when you want to go out and do something yeah, definitely. And I think um, I definitely learned that maybe, yeah, a really high school age kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, I have the problem with me is that I like I like to take on a lot of jobs that I actually can't do mm-hmm. where, you know, especially even this year, I'm still having problems where I'll want to do certain like internships and different yeah. different activities. And my friends uh, the other day I met um these two Greenpeace guys who are advocating for, you know, hey, you want to, like, help us? You want to donate? And I asked them, oh, you have any volunteering opportunities? Like, I definitely want to help you out. I want to go to this and kind of, like, contribute to, you know, just making sure that my local community is really clean and really nice and keeping those carbon emissions down. And then my friend who was with me, she goes, you know, you've already got so many different extracurriculars you're spreading yourself too thin. I was like, no, I can handle it. No I'll be way. fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. And like yeah. this year, you know, that resulted in just me having to literally take maybe one or two weeks out of my summer and coming up with just like a convoluted schedule where like here I have to go there and this and this, I have to do that. And like, just like no sleep whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty harsh. And like, that's definitely, you know, an important thing to be learned, like for time management, even, even some things that may be beneficial might have to be cut out like extracurriculars that might, you know, 
have you learned something about maybe you've got like a political internship that you really want to do or again maybe like a green internship or like volunteering that you want to really do but you've got no time during the school year and so really I think it's best to do more of the more involved like internships during the summer because you've got you know that block of time where you can really advance your understanding in certain areas of like the world <laughs> in general and it's it's not as good of an idea to just load up everything during the it's, school year yeah, yeah it's definitely not it's always good to take a break which is something that's interesting about the Colorado school system i'm not sure which other states do this but they actually it's um, kind of training from for when you go into college because you're not going to have seven classes in a row you're going to have maybe a class here at 8.30 in the morning, and then a couple hours later, you'll have another class at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So you've got that gap um, to do anything, pretty much. So right now, I have an 8.30 to 9.45 class, and then I've got two hours before my next class starts up. So within those two hours, I could, if I wanted to, go somewhere to go get something to eat, hang out with someone, or I could do my homework and work on my blog or work on, you know, anything that I have to do. So it's kind of a choice, you know, um, really saying, do I want to do something fun or do I want to get done um, what I have to do right now so that I can go home and do something fun if I wanted to and not have to worry about it. And that's the one thing that I struggle with the most is knowing that I have homework and, uh, you know, within that gap, I'll be like, oh, man, I got a really cool song that I can probably make right now. Uh, or I could go, like, finish my drawings right now and just relax. But, um, you know, I've got to, like, really kick myself and be like, go get your homework done. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, definitely. And, yeah. like, I always, I trick myself into thinking that that's productive. So I'll be like, no, uh -huh. I'm practicing, you know, my art skills. So yeah, I'll just play exactly. some music and I'll, I'll do draw. all the time. Yeah. And then your mom comes in, or like my mom, she just like walks in, she's like, have you done your math homework? I'm like, no, but I practiced my drawing. She's like, you know, you've got an assignment due. Like, what do you mean? I did something useful. Oh yeah, like I just like, improved on my drawing. Yeah, like it's that's useful. Like, hello. <laughs> or like, like music, yeah, definitely. Or I, um, I rationalized once where I, I have the app acapella, right, which has come uh -huh. up more, and it's like, oh, you want to create an instrumental version of your favorite song or do your own thing. And so I did that for two hours. Instead of actually practicing violin, I made a song using the violin. So I justified it by saying, I played violin, but I didn't actually do it. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, you know, it technically counts. <laughs> My mom was like, so no. Funny. It yeah, I know, <laughs> exactly. It's crazy. Well, mm -hmm. thank you so much, Brigitte, for this awesome um, segment. And during the break, everyone, be sure to check out our brand new radio site at expressyourselfteenradio.com for photos, descriptions, links, and more. And also, please visit our charity site at btsya.org and watch our fun and informative videos at youtube.com slash be the star you are. Stay right here with us as we continue our fabulous conversation on the gift of time. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. 
For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. Today's topic is the gift of time. I'm Asia Gonzalez. And I'm Brigitte Gia. For this segment, we've got some crazy trends to talk about that we've experienced over the generations. Um, So, Asia, do you want to go ahead and go first? Yeah, yeah. So one thing that I was thinking of uh, earlier was just the people that we have in our society, like uh, celebrities, talk show hosts, you know, musicians, some kind of big people that we think, you know, are super important. We kind of look up to them for inspiration. Um, you know, especially with social media being so big, we follow these people constantly, 24-7. Whenever they've done that past day, we're constantly looking, you know, what what are they doing right now? Where do they go for lunch? What are they wearing today? Um, so it's really interesting to think about the people that we've been following now. And one person that I can think about uh, are the Kardashians. <laughs> and I know that's like a super cliche thing right now, but um, I was just thinking of, um, how it used to be all about Kim Kardashian, um, just what she's done, um, you know, who she's with right now, uh, you know, like how she's with Kanye and everything that's going on right now. But then I started to think, well, you know, now that shift, uh, that focus has shifted off of her and it's on Kylie and Kendall Jenner now. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is, is what they've done um, so far is, you know, Kylie has her own lip kit uh, line slash mm-hmm. empire. And then Kendall is this very uh, successful model. And it's interesting to see how we've shifted our focus from Kim, uh, mm-hmm. especially with what she's done. And then now we're on to Kylie and Kendall, who are pretty um, cool role models, if you think about it. You know, they're really, really young, but they're super successful with things mm-hmm. that they've created themselves. Yeah, and um, I think it's actually funny, though, that... Um I think the way that we look up to people has definitely changed from oh, you know, yeah. back then until now. And yeah. it's, it's you know, now with this era of kind of like the internet and you can discover anything online, mm-hmm. that also means that all sorts of facts about a person you look, look up to is online, right? And then everything right, that they say, it. yeah, everything that they say on like Twitter, on any of these social media platforms that they're using to get out their word now is, you know, it's widespread. Even if you've never heard of, I don't know, Ellen DeGeneres, then you can yeah. still, if you read the news, sometimes you'll find her or some other, you know, celebrity because the internet is so widespread yeah. and like Twitter, you know, you... You tweet something, and then it's just out there, and then it goes all the way around. And I think that's crazy, and I think that's really changed the way that we see people and how we look up at people. And particularly, yeah, on the Kardashians, you know, they've gotten they've gotten so famous and so big. Um, yeah. Yeah, after, like, after, what was it, the O.J. Simpson trial? And um, their dad, I think Kim's dad, right, was... Uh-huh. Robert Shapiro or something like that, right? And they were they were, so. there was this huge thing. What's really cool though, I think, is definitely Caitlyn Jenner's story, where mm-hmm. she's promoted like widespread acceptance more of exactly. like yeah. gender. And I think that's I think that's a great way of using like the internet and like today's society to promote a message. Although definitely she's not like she's definitely a role model out there, but she's not the only one. She's definitely, yeah. you know, she's got a lot of she's say. She's one of them, yeah. Yeah, and she's got a lot of say, which means she can then get the message out there and get people to more accept the idea of, you know, a more equal society, which I think is wonderful. Um, like, it's just, it makes the world a more accepting place, which I yeah. think today's role models can really do more than they could um, back then, yeah. Yeah, and that's something that's really changed over time as well, Mm. and very fast, actually. It hasn't really been that slow of a process. It's kind of been happening um, within the past couple of years is just the acceptance of um, people who are different. You know, that's just how it is. People are different. People aren't the same. You know, there's not one person who is just like another individual. You know, we're all different, and it's been becoming um, kind of, uh, widespread acceptance of you know people who are of different genders, different race, different religion, 
you know, there's kind of been a call for tolerance and acceptance of that kind of thing very, very recently and very quickly. So it's definitely interesting to see, um, you know, one example is body image. You know, that idea of what a woman should look like or even what a man should look like has drastically changed um, in Mm -hmm. such a short amount of time. And it changes constantly if you really think about it. Um, One thing is, you know, the uh, Victoria's Secret ads, you know, you've got the Dove ads. And, you know, there's different people promoting different types of body images. And um, at first it was, you know, you've got to be thin, you've got to be skinny, you know, that's the attractive look right now. Mm -hmm. And then it turned to, you know, more curvy uh, figures are better and more attractive. And then it started to get to the point where people are like, you know what, whatever size you are, whatever you look like right now, that is what's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the focus right now with the majority of the body image um, campaigns is you yourself right now are beautiful. But it's interesting to see, and it's really crazy to see how fast it's been changing and how often it changes mm-hmm. of what body image is and what the right body should look like. Definitely. And I think, um, although definitely we still kind of have an ideal in modern society. We today, do, you know, yeah. Yeah, there's more change being promoted. There's more, hey, you can accept your own body. A lot of, again, celebrities have been advocating for that. Like, hey, yeah. you know, there's, there's a lot of songs out there where it's, it's like, you're okay to be you. You don't have to be some kind of yeah, exactly. model. What's also really cool, actually, is that um, there's that there's the media platform BuzzFeed, right? And BuzzFeed actually came out with a video maybe like a few months ago to like maybe around a year ago where the video was titled something like... Uh, like ideals, body ideals through history, like throughout history. Oh, yes. And yeah, and that's like super cool because you get to see how the ideal has changed over time where like ancient Egypt is very symmetrical or like if you were in, you know, the Renaissance, it was very round figures. You want to have yes. like full figures, like very, very, Because you know, it meant you were wealthy and you exactly. had yeah, money yeah. to be that kind mm. of body image. It's so crazy. I've, I've seen that video. It's really it's, interesting. It's incredible, yeah. It's yeah. very, it's, it's just this whole, like, chain of from back then to now, and they have, like, ancient Rome or, like, ancient yep. Greece that just goes down. And I think that's definitely a huge indicator of how time can definitely change things, where if you compared the idea of beautiful, for example, you've read, like, I don't know, a Greek poem or Homer's Iliad where it's like, oh, this lady was beautiful, but she might have been different and like beautiful in a very different way than is today, you know? Yeah. And so with this, you see that all body types essentially are very beautiful and it doesn't matter what the society, what the standard is or like what is acceptable. It, it doesn't really matter. It matters about who you are inside, especially. Mm-hmm. And just know, you know, you just wear yourself with confidence and, exactly, yeah. you know, throughout time, we've proven to like different things. So really, the public opinion doesn't even matter because it's so changeable and so varied. And it's great to just be yourself. And that's that's been the prevailing thing for centuries. You know, if you, you see, yeah, you see like a fleeting line about a girl who's pretty in a book. But then you'll see a whole book written about someone who has a very beautiful character and the character and they describe them with elegant words. You know, it's always the person was so nice and like a kindred spirit and just a really friendly person versus, oh, she was really pretty. Let's move on. You know, there's there's more depth to who you are than what you look like. Exactly. And I think that's become more prominent now is that. If you look at uh, articles or magazines uh, carefully and you see the articles that people are writing, you'll notice that a lot of the uh, focus has shifted off what we look like um, onto who we are, really. And I've read a lot of uh, magazine articles and kind of just some blogs about how we've shifted our focus away from what we look like on the outside to who we are on the inside because there's so much diversity right now there's so much diversity on who who everyone is as a person what they believe in um what their morals are you know whether they've changed from this person to a totally dramatically opposite end of the spectrum um type of person where once they thought you know it was this thing that they believed in and then now they're a completely different person 
we're kind of shifting our focus away from what we look like on the outside. You know, there's always going to be fashion trends. There's always going to be, you know, what kind of makeup is in right now, what the nail trend is, uh, what kind of hair color is in right now. But it's mostly shifted from our outside looks to really who we are on the inside because mm-hmm. we as a society are changing it so much so fast right now. Yeah. And like, you know, really what's on the inside is going to withstand time. And we've had proof yeah. of that from centuries and centuries ago. Like, oh, yeah, we have descriptions of Achilles. But yeah, Achilles, you know, he was known for being a great warrior. What he accomplished and his bravery and his courage, not for... Oh, look at his beautiful hair or something, yeah. you know, it doesn't, yeah. and like Odysseus, he wasn't the handsome, beautiful man, he was the wise, courageous guy who got home, and that's, mm-hmm. that's just a prevailing factor who that's been going on. that adventure. Yeah. Yeah, if like, you notice that it's, we didn't uh, focus on what they looked like uh, back then, all these mm-hmm. uh, important figures, we didn't focus on what Shakespeare looked like. We didn't focus on um, what a previous political uh, uh, figure looked like. Uh We have been focusing throughout time on what they've accomplished and the legacy that they left behind. And that's been the most important thing through time is the legacy that that individual leaves. Uh, Especially with artists, um, with our first segment that we talked about throughout time you know they may they may not be with us anymore they may be dead but their art is still with us and we still respect and just mm-hmm. pour out you know uh reviews and um feelings and thoughts over this piece of art even though it was created hundreds of years ago yeah like you know appearance doesn't matter but like ideas will last a lifetime and or will last centuries millennia and you know we don't we don't talk yeah. about what homer looked like right we talk about his iliad yeah. and his odyssey his, his books and what he wrote yeah. and the kind of author that he was and how he conveyed his feelings and um you know we we also kind of think about that with people who are authors you know we don't focus on what's on the outside oh. we're focusing on the things that they have created and you know how um, long that has been recognized as a relevant piece of, of uh, literacy. Um, you know, we've got tons of books that are fads right now, but it's interesting to think of books that have been um, with us for decades. Uh, one thing I can think about is, uh, what was it, To Kill a Mockingbird. That book mm. has been a very important book within the school systems as a piece that you know, every student is required to read because it is so prominent and it has so many messages that have mm-hmm. been important throughout uh, time that it's still with us today as a very relevant piece of literature. Yeah. And it's really cool to see everything, you know, that is a lot older. You know, we've got our fads that we have, you know, with uh, all the different things that we've been obsessed about as the millennial generation. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> especially with what we were talking about earlier but then you see everything that we have been keeping with us you know as you know we just treasure within our society it's really cool to see everything that has been created long before we were born and we still kind of mix that into our culture of different fads fashion um with music, with the way we use social media. And I think definitely throughout time, the way we use social media has been developing and evolving. It's been crazy. But um, it's interesting mm-hmm. to see how we develop as a society and community throughout time. Uh-huh. Definitely. Yes. Yeah, definitely. All right. So yeah. Well, we are out of time for this segment. I bet we could just go on and on and on. <laughs> I wish we could. But we can't. So thank you so much, Brigitte, for this great conversation about, you know, just who we are as a people and just who we are as as a society. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thank you, guys, for listening. So during the break, be sure to check out our charity site at btsya.org, which stands for the Be The Star You Are 501c3 Literacy and Positive Media Charity. I'm Asia Gonzalez. And I'm Brigitte Gia. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for more information about our show. When we come back, we will continue our inspiring conversation with veteran reporter Maria Wong. Stay with us for more empowerment and entertainment on the gift of time. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. 
Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself. I'm Asia Gonzalez. And I'm Brigitte Gia. Today, the theme for our show is The Gift of Time. Joining us today is veteran reporter Maria Wong with her segment, Book Smart. Hi, Maria. Hey, Asia. Hey, Brigitte. I'm so happy to be back on Express Yourself, especially with this topic, the concept of time. I feel like it's always such just a tricky concept, sort of just to conceptualize and define. But to me, one great quote that I've always loved about time is by Nathaniel Hawthorne, who once said, Time flies over us, but leaves its shadow behind. And I just finished reading the novel, Everything I Never Told You, by Celeste Ng. And this quote came exactly into my mind when reading this, just because throughout the novel, Ng makes one message very clear. Time can pass by in a blink of an eye and leave heartbreaking and complex consequences. And this message is constantly reinforced all throughout the books, with the very harrowing starting words, Lydia is dead. Now, Lydia is the middle child of this family. It's a family novel. It focuses on the Lee family. They're a um, multiracial family in the 80s, which is very rare, and in the Midwest. So already, they they almost seem out of place. And the two parents, Marilyn and James, have always been pushing Lydia, their middle child, who was incredibly intelligent, very beautiful, and always dutiful to her parents' wishes and dreams for her. However, now that she's been found at the bottom of the lake, which most of the town is guessing to be suicide, um, a lot of consequences come in for her family, and their perfect facade of a gifted and close family begins to fall apart as all these emotional problems ensue. And within this, Ng weaves a complex story filled with prejudice and racism, sexism, and everybody trying to find oneself. And I really enjoyed this novel just because it brought up all of these complicated issues and made sure that it was relevant with every character because the author incorporates every family member's stories, whether that be Marilyn, the mother and wife, who wanted to be a doctor in a time where the education was very sexist and didn't want women to go into medicine, or James, the father and husband, who was the only Asian person growing up in Ohio and was always scorned his own race and just wanted his kids to be popular and have friends. And all of these stories and their past experiences, third time that they've had, it all relates back to Lydia. Because, for example, Marilyn and James, they both push their dreams onto Lydia, wanting her to have everything they wanted, not taking into account her hopes and wishes. Marilyn pushes her to be a doctor when all Lydia is really interested in is English and history, while James just wants her to have friends. Well, really, she's sort of like a lone wolf. She's content to be by herself. And this doesn't only contribute contribute to Lydia's unhappiness, but also to her two siblings' unhappiness. Nathan, commonly known as Nate throughout the book, is the oldest, and Hannah is the youngest, and both of them are constantly ignored by their parents. Even with Nate's tremendous success in astronomy and the fact that he's going to attend Harvard, Harvard he is still disregarded by his parents, and this leads him to growing to despise Lydia and starting to ignore her. And they've always had a very rocky relationship, one day talking, the next day completely ignoring each other due to sort of this jealousy and competition. 
and it culminates in this great sort of freeze between them. They're both sort of their own ice queens right before her death. And once Lydia dies, Nate is unable to gain closure. He feels so guilty and that he felt like he didn't have enough time to say what he wanted to Lydia or really mend their relationship. And not being able to find this closure, it leads to him going into school fights right before going to college, yelling constantly at his family and just irrational anger because he has no other outlet for his grief and regrets. And by showing that Nate is stuck in the past, Ng emphasizes her second message. One must reflect on the past, but move forward with the future. And I'd like to think that time heals all wounds. And this is the case for Nate because by the end, he's sort of able to come to his senses and just reflect on the past, but be able to move forward with the future, therefore finding closure. And for him, it's very symbolic. Everything sort of revolves around this lake and He's walking sort of just by the lake and falls in. And this is where he comes to the conclusion while he's in the lake, sort of under the water, like submerged under, that Lydia was drowning in this lake, the lake symbolizing sort of their family, like familial pressure, both physically and mentally. And he realizes then that her death was inevitable and there was nothing he could have done. And there's a lot of aspects to this book, but they all sort of round up to the same conclusion that time is such a tricky concept and you have to be grateful for the time you do have. And I just really think that this novel was very suspenseful and heartbreaking to read and just overall a great read. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a great book, but it's that sounds like it's a very hard book to read without crying. Yes, I did cry. <laughs> I'm a very emotional reader. but Oh my gosh. Uh, yes, it definitely has, as I mentioned, it just has all of these different aspects and you really mm-hmm. feel for each of the characters just because they've all been through so much yeah. and they all have mm-hmm. so many regrets in the past, but there's nothing you can really do except move yeah. forward. They realize. Now, is there a certain character that the book focuses on mainly? Like, does it focus on um, Nate's perspective the most or does it focus on the youngest sister the most or is it kind of like an equal? So it sort of goes around It goes around in different times also just because they focus on Marilyn and James, the parents, and their experiences. They have a little bit of when Lydia was alive, and it's just scenes where parents are like, did you do your homework, blah, 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 all of this stuff where it sort of just shows the pressure she's under, and you can tell she's really unhappy. And then it goes to their present of the book when Lydia is dead, and their family is trying to recover, and they do focus on Hannah a little bit. I didn't think she was... She was significant in the fact that she, even though she was the youngest character, she could she was the only one who could see what was happening around her oh, and okay. was the first one to accept Lydia's death. But they really do focus on Nate, I think, just as the older brother because he felt the need to protect her and was it yeah. able to. And also Definitely. just the fact that Lydia's death re- throughout the book just remains a mystery. Mm. So, And I think, I feel like, um, I, I haven't read the book, but... Um, <laughs> I feel like I feel like there's that aspect of you know the modern day like tiger parent that's been seen yes. in like, society, right? And I feel like especially when you have that kind of circumstance, like I feel like a lot of a lot of kids can really relate to you know Lydia's plight or like how hard it's been getting through. You know your parents putting a lot of pressure on you, but you know I feel like all of the family members or like your parents definitely have a perspective in that as well, where you know, they just, they want you to be successful and maybe sometimes they take it a step too far, but you really do have to look at their perspective. And so why was it important in this book to actually include all the family members' perspectives and stories? I think just like in any story, like, or any case, if we're looking at legally, you need to be Mm -hmm. able to have all the different perspectives, all the different factors that led up to this. Mm -hmm. And all of these characters had a significant impact on Lydia since the probing question is, how did she and why did she die? Mm-hmm. And that's why I think it was so important, especially for her parents to be included, just because the amount of pressure they put on her, it's due to, for Marilyn, the pressure she never had. Her mom wanted her to be a housewife. And when she got into Harvard, she was like, oh, you'll have so many like eligible suitors to date. That was her wow. mother's first thought. You know oh, what I wow. mean? So she wanted to put a lot of pressure on Lydia. She wanted to reverse what she had while James just like, as I said, just wants to be social. But um, anyways, going back to your question, just I think it's really important for all of these perspectives, just because you're curious about what happens in the book. And when it is from like a person's like 
first point of view, I feel like um, you get that person's perspective, but you don't get everybody's, which I really enjoy about this book, just because I feel like you got an equal sense from each character, what they were feeling and how it was resolved. Mm-hmm. Mm. Definitely. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's understandable. So, you know, as you said, it was kind of a mystery on how Lydia died or why she died. Um, nobody, it seems, uh, really kind of found that out. Why, um, why do you think that the cause of death is unknown throughout the book? I think it's because Ng wanted to leave it up to the readers, just like how it was for the family. It was the same situation. The police never found enough evidence to see whether it was a suicide or if she really just fell out and it was an accident as she was in a boat. So I think it also just really shows the different perspectives everybody will have on Lydia and how none of us ever, just like in real life, will really truly know exactly what one person is thinking or everything they've been through at one time. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And like, I just, I think that really kind of adds a mystery to the book that's really incredible, like the cause of death. Like, you don't know it, and so you <laughs> read through the book trying to find out what it is, and then <laughs> yeah, it at the end, you're like, wait, wait, what? Where, how did she... I think those are the best books, though. Yeah. They, they leave, leave you wondering. You know, or like up to interpretation. And then I think as a kid, I used to do a lot of things where I would just, you know, lie in bed at night going, wait, what if she did this? Or what if he did that? Like, that would have happened at the end of the book and that would have been really cool or that would have been really horribly sad, you know, <laughs> like one or the yeah. other. And so I definitely think, like, purely on, you know, a basic level, that's actually like a pretty neat way of tying things up which is, like, not really tying things up. And it leaves you to wonder for the rest of eternity. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only part I don't like about books and mm-hmm. that is now I'm constantly thinking, what happened? Why can't I understand what happened next? Mm-hmm. I hate and that. So, <laughs> you're just like, oh. And I guess you really, like, grieve because you don't know the ending. <laughs> you're like, oh. And then on a serious note, though, linking back to grief, it seems like everyone is grieving in this book. So whether it be for Lydia or for their own past. However, with grief really comes closure. And I guess the book doesn't really have closure as previously established. And so do you think that Ng really follows through on the message that time heals all wounds in the novel? This is a tricky question. I mean, I feel like... Mm-hmm. time heals all wounds I think like for certain I think for all characters I would like to think that they would all gain closure they show a little bit of Nate sort of like as I said this sort of a symbolic ending where he accepts her death but they don't really show what happens how they're going to move on from it except I think definitely in the book time had progressed several I think six months down the lines from when Lydia died and though it's still recent they were still recovering like we have Marilyn and James whose relationship was sort of on the fence James began to cheat on her and she started leaving the house unexpectedly not returning for long periods of time due to this grief but they realized that they had to share it with each other and connect and have that feeling of I'm not alone and they were able to reach that by the end of the book which I think is sort of a way of time heals all wounds yeah. yeah, exactly. And I was kind of wondering, um, you know, with uh, similar books that they're that they're um, that are out there. And I was thinking of Fault in Our Stars by John Green, and yes. I know that everybody <laughs> knows that book. Uh, but you know, the whole time heals all wounds. You know, she had such a short amount of time with the guy that she fell in love with. But, you know, she'll have all of that time to really reflect on all the good memories that she had with him. And, um, you know, time will heal her. And, you know, eventually she'll um, come to the acceptance that he's no longer there. But it's definitely a sad book to read. But it it definitely shows um, that it's, it's important to have time with someone and to use it wisely and as much as you can. All right. Um, yeah, so I definitely, again, like, I feel like, I should now go and read this book because I really want to go through this. <laughs> yeah. Yes, read it. Oh, <laughs> totally man, recommend. I'm like, yeah. wow, that's incredible. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much, Maria, for this wonderful segment. I always love the book reviews that we have. Uh, sadly, we have no more time. Thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and Voice America Kids Crew, especially our engineers. Thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world, and thank you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. I am Asia Gonzalez.
And I'm Bridget Gia. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For more information on our creative community, go to btsya.org. Until next week, remember, be kind, be on time, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines if you would let yourself go.